Welcome along to our second stable tour of the new jump season on the Final Furlong Podcast. I'm Emmett Kennedy, and I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by the most famous O'Brien in the racing game, <laughs> Fergal O'Brien. Welcome back to the Final Furlong. Uh, I'm probably not even the fourth most famous O'Brien. I think the snooker player, Fergal O'Brien, is even more famous than me. So, yeah, I'm probably not even, probably fifth or sixth, maybe. <laughs> You can always claim it, though. Like when they're when they're tearing it up at the Breeders' Cup, and just go, yeah, it's just another another successful weekend for the O'Briens. <laughs> oh yeah, I do hang on to their coattails as much as I can. <laughs> and and occasionally, every now and again, they're riding your coattails. Uh, when the, when those big sure. successes are coming at Cheltenham, that's all down to Fergal. Um, <laughs> it's more room in in the yard because it's it's back to you being standalone trainer. How how has that adjustment worked during the summer? Yeah, look, it's 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 meant that we're slightly down in numbers. You know, this time last year we were probably close to sixty winners. We're on forty-eight winners now, um, because you know we we realised that you know the capacity and stuff, and we're still just finishing off a, a, a new barn. So so fingers crossed, you know, um, we get those numbers back up next summer. But you know, it's all gone very well. Our strike rate's obviously a lot better this year. Um, but um, yeah, so can't can't complain. So we're very happy to, with, with how they're going. And this time last year, when I was talking to you, we were having a good conversation about the extraordinary numbers you'd rocked up already. And it's the same again this season. It's it's absolutely bonkers. Um, as you said, 47 winners so far, 397,000 in prize money. You're flying it. Yeah, no touch wood. Look, it's great. No, I, I I keep reiterating that it doesn't. You know, this this happens especially this time of year. It's a lot of hard work from boys and girls down there because there's a lot of people on holidays. So there's a lot of horses to muck out, a lot of horses to be ridden, and uh, and to do it at a high standard so they can turn out and, and win races. It, it it does need a lot of hard work. It doesn't it doesn't come easy. Um, like some of my uh, some of my peers think, you know, that I'm very lucky. Got all these horses, um, but they have to be trained. They don't train themselves, and you know, you need a lot of people uh, to work very hard, especially like I say, this time of year when there's people away and holidays and stuff. And it's all credit to them, you know. I'm just a we're just a small cog in a big wheel. And you mentioned the horses in training. You've got a very very exciting young team, which I'm keen to talk to you about. I had David yeah. Pipe on the show yesterday. He's assembled a really interesting young team as well. But he was emphasising. Well, this is the time of year when it's really exciting because we don't know how good they are. So the dreams are alive for all the owners. These could be future Cheltenham Festival winners, and they might not be that good at all. We have to wait and see. It's that it's that golden period where you're it's the Goldilocks period. You're not too sure, not too hot, not too cold, just perfect right now. Yeah, well, they're they're all swans at the minute, but they seem they can soon turn into geese. I'm afraid that's just the the nature of the game. Um, and referencing the the young horses, like the talent from Ireland, I know there's a, a quote from um, the good doctor in the Racing Post today. He's going to highlight the concerns about the dominance of Irish racing. Um, going down through the list of novice hurdlers, I was saying this to David Pipe yesterday as well, going down through the list of novice hurdlers that are priced up for the Supreme, the Ballymore, the Potato Race, will include the Triumph Hurdle as well on odds checker. Um, Nicky Henderson has 10. Paul Nichols has... I think it's it's a twelve is the Paul Nichols number, fourteen mm. for Gordon Elias, forty six for Mister Willie Mullins. Yeah, so it's it's just not just about our England. You know, it's it that's just where we are. It's just dominance. You know, it's, it's the he's the Manchester City of the jumps world at the minute, and it's it's very diff- difficult to you know. And he look, he's earned that. Don't get me wrong. He's 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 there, and he has those horses because he's the best at what he does, and and no one can deny that. So um, that's just the way it is. It's sport. You know, he won't keep going forever. Um, and uh, it'll come back round again, and that's what we always have to believe. You know, it's just it is sport, and and it, you know, not that long ago, Manchester United were winning everything, and you know, that's just the way it is. It's it's the, it's the beauty of our sport. You look at the rugby, for example. You know, Australia, New Zealand were winning all before them uh, for years and years, and now you know they 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 they're not the dominant side anymore, and that's that's just the the beauty of sport, and you know, it it will come back round um, um one way or another. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I hope so. Well, it's going to need to um, for for British racing to properly sustain itself. It's definitely going to need to. But I, I'm I'm with you very much in that. It's by no means a criticism of William Mullins. It's absolutely in awe of him. Like we've never seen this before. Um, and, and going down through the list of of horses that he's run, even at Cheltenham, like he had seventy six runners at the Cheltenham Festival. And people will, I mean, I was highlighting William Mullins at the very start of this podcast. Um, people will very quickly jump on that. 
there's not a whole lot of talk about the fact that Gordon Elliott had 57 runners at the Cheltenham Festival and that his former boss, Martin Pipe, who he rode for at the 2003 Cheltenham Festival, at that meeting, Martin Pipe had 57 runners. So we have seen this before. We just haven't seen the dominance of the quality that Gordon and Willie have assembled. No, and, and it's 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 huge. But you know, no one talks about the, or maybe they do because we, I'm not don't really follow the flat that much. But you know, Coolmore have been champion trainer in England on, on more than one occasion, or Aidan O'Brien, sorry, has been champion trainer in England on more than one occasion. So there's obviously huge dominance there because you know Aidan O'Brien is 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 the best flat trainer in the world, um, and and that's just the way it goes. You know, and that, and, and they've got you know they've got a great system and assembled a great system, and they've got a great way. Of doing things so it, it is it, it's um it's sport and it will come back around that's what we can believe in we just you you, you find your level and you compete at that level with whatever horse you've got and if you've got a good one that you can take them on and you go and do that and if you're not so good you go to Huntington on a Wednesday that's what you do <laughs> <laughs> don't we all have to go to Huntington on a Wednesday from time to time isn't that just we part do. of the I'm, game I'm not, not that there's not anything wrong with hunting on a Wednesday. I like hunting. I, I say hunting on a Wednesday because there is a hunting in on a Wednesday, but during the Cheltenham Festival, so uh, that's where that's where I normally end up. But um, I don't mind. I'm happy there because that's what we got to go there, you know. So that's that's the way it is. As long as the winners are flowing, who cares? And you yeah. are top of the trainers championship. It's currently Fergal O'Brien first. Uh, the rest nowhere. Uh, <laughs> Fergal O'Brien yeah. first. Donald McCain second. Uh, Milton Harris, Peter Bowen, Neil Mulholland. Um, should we just call a halt to it now? Hand you the title now. Uh, It'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Unfortunately, but uh, I just think Mr. Henderson and, and Mr. Nichols are still on holiday, so they haven't even realised that they, they're, they're jumping yet. But yeah, look, it's great to just—it's uh, great for the yard and our owners that we can we can go to the top of the the, the table, you know, and, and be there, even if it's only for you know four or five months. It's, it's I'd rather be there. People say, you know, you know, summer training. Well, that that's fine. I don't mind being branded that. Um, but we have some nice horses to go through the winter, and 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 then we go back again in the spring so it, it is what it is and we're delighted and it's great for our owners to be to be attached to the yard that's leading the, the championship and and you know as I say, there's plenty of prize money there to be won and that that's what i always say to people is you know that uh, there's there's winners to be had and there's, there's plenty of money there to be to be to be won and when people are are sort of saying that there, there isn't much prize money in, in in racing um but there is i think it's 300 and something thousand that we've earned this year so that's not to be sniffed at no, um, not in the slightest. It's three nine seven, I believe, is your your yeah. current figure. Um, just to just to give you the full endorsement, yeah. uh, and and just briefly, we're still waiting to find out what they're going to do with this fixture list. We've been waiting for this now for a quite. This is becoming like the gambling white paper. Just the can that's yeah. being kicked down the road constantly. Um, what would you like to see changed in it? Um, personally, I'd like to to see um, you know from. If they're going to have breaks, is have a have, have a proper consultation of when is a, is a good time and not a good time. They they say the end of the season isn't a good time because the ground is still around, so they have this break, this 19 day break which we're going to have next summer in August, which is no good to anyone really because you know we've got all our, our horses back in and everyone's going and you want your jockeys here, you know. So um, you know I, I definitely think they need a break. You know we need a proper a proper break after the the, the um, the end of the season, just have a, a clear cut, you know, ten or twelve days or something like that, where, where it's clear cut, and then then just less racing in the, during the summer, you know, three days a week, four days a week, not seven days a week, and two meetings some days. So that that would be the ideal. Look, I, I'm not I'm not going to that that wouldn't actually to me personally that would that would hinder me because it would give us less opportunities. Yeah. You know, at the minute it, it's at the minute it's easy for me to enter one in a in a novice chase. Um, and you know, see, there's there's six runners, and I can ring, I can ring five other trainers, and and we can explain between the between the five of us. Well, there's four more novice chases in the next ten days, so why don't we all go there for one of them? So having less racing wouldn't benefit me; it would hinder me, but it would benefit racing, I think, in general. And I think that 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 is the way forward. I think that's what we should be doing: is 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 making make having less racing in the winter. Uh, sorry, start again. We have less racing in the summer three, four days a week, and, um, and and leave it to those tracks that can only race in the summer, like Worcesters, Perths, um, Newton Abbots, you know, the trouble is, you see, there's too, there's too many, you've got Arc, you've got Jockey Club, you've got the Independents, and they're all fighting for the same slice of the pie, so 
what I'm talking about is, is a bit idealist and probably something that can't happen because none of them will want to give up fixtures, although some of them are going to have to give up fixtures um, to go to this tier, the, the, the tier racing that they want. So that's what I would like to see anyways, is, is sort of three or four jump meetings a week from, from you know, uh, June, July and August uh, and, then, and then back to normal in September. But everything you've just said there makes perfect sense to me. It, it, that just seems like perfect, reasonable common sense, which is yeah, why I, it won't I, be implemented because common sense <laughs> is not that common when it comes to the BHA. It is, but uh, like what we're dealing with, like I said earlier, is that it, you know I think when you when you compare it to Ireland, it, it, you're comparing apples and pears in that uh, Irish racing is all run centrally and the, the tracks are all pulling in the same direction. Whereas here, we got so many different tracks pulling in different directions, and they all want their 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 slice of the pie and stuff. And you know they're running the businesses, uh, you know. And over here, it's it is run more, you know. At home, it's it's it is just, uh, you know. I was at Listole on the Wednesday of the Kerry National, and you know, there was thousands of people there on a Wednesday in Listole, which is it's not the centre of the universe, but yeah. they had thousands and thousands of people there because they wanted to go racing. Because you know, jump racing is just in the fabric of of Irish living, um, where it is it isn't it, it isn't in the UK. There's no two ways about that, and and you know. Irish racing is government funded. It's everything about it is is you know it's got the backing of the government. Whereas, you know, we're pushing water up a hill over here when it comes to the government. You know, it's it is it's it's a different world. Um, and what I like, what what I would like is idealistic and 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 can't happen. Although as practical as it may seem and sound, there's just probably too many fractions. Until we can get all those parties together pulling in the same direction, then it will it, you know it won't happen. I'm afraid. Yeah, it's not all rosy in the garden of Irish racing either. I mean, we did just have the wrong horse win a race in Killarney, which is utterly farcical, and I, I, I very much blame the IHRB on that one. Um, how horses are not being scanned going to the parade ring like they are in the UK is just baffling well, to me. It, it, no, it don't even it, like it's it, it is so that that I mean, if that's the worst thing that's happening in Irish racing, it's so fixable because you scan them when you come into the racing yard, and you scan them when they go out of the yard to, to go into the pre parade ring. It's just it's such an easy fix. Yeah, it's 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 phenomenal that it hasn't been done. You know, um, and that, that's what we do. That's what we do here. So we we turn up in the races. Our horses come off the lorry. They go into the the, the stable yard. They they're scanned with their microchip. It, so that goes in there and even if you've got four runners that day they can't bring the wrong one out because before they, when they come back out to go to the pre-predering they're scanned again so it's it's very straightforward and, and it's such an easy fix that is yeah that's an easy fix the other thing that I was going to say though isn't necessarily it's absolutely not an easy fix at all we might lose racing tv and sky sports racing and by virtue of that we'll also lose virgin media um, mm. And their coverage of of uh, the ITV simulcast because they won't be able to take sponsorship uh, or mention any any betting prices, and we might also lose RTE's coverage. RTE would have no excuse; they should absolutely stay covering Irish racing. But if that bill goes through, where they're going to limit the amount of uh, gambling advertising that can go on in mainstream media um, from a, a watershed, I believe it's from is it from five a.m. to nine p.m. or seven a.m. to nine p.m. Um, yeah. that's racing TV gone and sky gone with them. Uh, that's a disaster if that happens. Yeah, it is. And, and, uh, you know, again, you know, you and I can see that that's absolutely ridiculous because, you know, you, you, I spoke about this with someone the other day and, and really what both governments are trying to do is that they're, they're trying to break a, a small nut with a big sledgehammer. Yeah. Um, you, you know, the vast majority of people can gamble sensibly and within their means and there is a, a, a very, very small minority who do need to be protected. And I think there, I think the, the gambling industry, you know, do do their fair share. You know, I'm, I'm sponsored by Bookmaker Press, but and they are very, very clear on 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 their checks and stuff. But you know, over here, it's it's ridiculous. You can have three good months uh, uh, of betting, and you're fine. You can bet what you like, and then you have one bad week, and they want to know the ins and outs of of, of your housekeeping. You know, so yeah. it, it it just there isn't a lot of sense going into those the, the gambling reviews and stuff. And and for 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 Irish racing to be under threat of not being televised like it is now, um, would be would like you said would be a a, a, a small disaster for me. Yeah, it's just staggering that there are people that are supposed to be of high level intelligence 
Um, yeah. that are, although, as I say that, I'm just starting to laugh because the idea that any of the politicians in Ireland or, or the UK are, are of Mensa levels of intelligence is just absolutely uh, barmy. I need to go have a lie down at the idea that they're actually intellectual greats, um, but that they couldn't see that that's actually something that would be a risk. And the, the, I mean, I'm pretty certain this won't happen because I'm pretty certain that John Magner will just make a very powerful phone call and go, you're not doing that. Um, yeah, but it, should, it shouldn't be relied on one man like Mr. Magner having to make a phone call. Like exactly. Said, it should be they should be able to look at the big picture themselves and, and realize, uh, you know, the, the, again, the fabric, they're, they, you know, that they're, they're trying to protect, they're going to, they're trying to protect such a minority um, for, for, for the loss of, of the majority, which is, 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 is absolutely ridiculous in my opinion. Uh, Fergal, we're going to end up in a situation where no one's allowed into a pub and no one's allowed yeah. by sugar to make those lovely cakes that you excel at, <laughs> at, at the yard. <laughs> It's just going to be Captain Bring Down and the Buzz Killers telling us, no, you can't laugh at that joke, you can't have that drink, and you can't yeah, have yeah. that sugar. Yeah, I know. And that's, and that's unfortunate that's where we're going. That's, that's the direction we're headed in, I'm afraid. But right now, we can watch racing, and we can bet on it as well. And I'm looking forward to getting stuck into Dysardinos uh, when we're going to get to see her, the five-year-old mayor. Uh, terrific winner of the mayor's listed bumper. Um... At uh, at Aintree, and uh, going to be one of the exciting young horses to see this season. How has she done over the summer? Uh, she's done fantastic. Yeah, really, really happy with her uh, with Dysardinas. She is. Yeah, she's done very well. Um, very lucky to have a lovely lad, Tom Broughton, who's done very well for us in the summer. Tom rides nearly every day and done a lot of schooling on her now. And he's over the moon with her. She's a bit stronger than she was last year, and uh, yeah, very, very happy. Um, so. Um, yeah, hopefully she can, hopefully she can uh, fulfil the potential that she looks to have to have shown. Um, you know, the, 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 the last season, uh, unbeaten. She proved that beating Queen's Gamble was no fluke whatsoever. Um, I remember the way even that race panned out at the time, thinking Queen's Gamble was very unlucky. Not in the slightest. Uh, that performance at Aintree was absolutely stunning. What has she shown you at home in terms of her schooling that gets you excited about her hurdling career? Uh, look, we were very lucky that we knew that she could jump because she came from uh, Johnny Fogarty's and uh, he does a good job and, and he, he um, had done plenty of jumping with her. So it was very straightforward when we started schooling her. Um, and uh, yeah, so and, and, and she has been. Look, I wouldn't be writing Queen's Gamble off. I think, I, I, I think um, she ran very well uh, at Warwick uh, when she won um, uh, for Oliver. Like he's Oliver's retired now uh, and assistant to Harry Durham. But look, I wouldn't swap Dice Arenas. She's in. She's a. She's a lovely mare and she's got a lot of speed. Uh, and that's what she, you know. She even surprised us at entry. Well, how how well she quickened up and she left you know some lovely fillies behind her uh, a long long way and she galloped all the way to the line and hit the line very hard. So so you know look very exciting about her. Um, we just need a bit of luck with weather and one thing or another. She won't want a rattling firm. But she wants nice ground. She'd go on good, good to soft. She'd probably even go on soft ground. So uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, we're, look, she's very exciting, and she's the one that sort of uh, that, that that we're really looking forward to, uh, along with a few others. There. Yeah, but she she's she's done nothing wrong with being three from three. You know, I haven't spoken to Harry Durham yet, but I imagine he's very very excited to take the wraps off Queen's Gamble later in the season, and hopefully we'll talk to him in, in a couple of weeks on the show. Um, is the ultimate aim right now the mayor's novice hurdle at Cheltenham with Dysardinos? hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's you know that's what we're we're going to try and work back from, uh, and and how we get there is is yeah we'll we, we'll see it. and that will depend on the weather and ground and one thing or another. But you know I heard Harry someone asked Harry yesterday, um, and he he's I think going to Newbury. Look, we'd like to get a run in and then go to Newbury for the listed race in November, and then there's a Haydock in in the end of December, and then like to get one more run into her in, in the end of January or something like that and and, uh, and then go to Cheltenham hopefully Excellent, I'm looking forward to seeing her in action uh, I'm also looking forward to seeing Horace's Pearl uh, in action he showed a lovely turn of foot um, when winning on debut and that form has worked out pretty well Kintel, trained by Nicky Henderson, won his next start uh, in a bumper and was a good winner of that as well, how has he done over the summer? He's done fantastic. Jason McGuire did the pre-training him. He looks fantastic. Also, horses power. Uh, yeah, I'm delighted you mentioned him because uh, he's a lovely horse and he's owned by some really good supporters of ours. 
uh, Matt and Sally Burford, who are, are fairly local, they live quite near Jason McGuire down there in, in Birdlip. And um, yeah, really, really happy, really, really happy with him. You'll actually won't have to wait too much longer now to see him because we will um, start him off at Cheltenham in the in the October bumper. Uh, so that's where hopefully he'll 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 start off. And then we'll we'll decide where we go. He's still a young he's still only four, you see, so he's still young. So we'll we'll decide where we go from there, whether we go on over hurdles after that or or whether we just stick stick to the bumper. You know, he's a very big he's a very tall horse. He's um, uh, it's quite rangy, so we we never expected him to do what he did at, 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 at Canton. and we hoped he'd go there and have a nice run round, uh, and finishing the first three. You know, he's dropped out the back, kind of brisk him a lovely ride, and the way he picked up when he turned into the straight was uh, was, was was yeah blew us away a little bit. So we were all delighted with that, and uh, he he looks very exciting as well. Yeah, he he just has a, a <laughs> lovely turn of foot. There's a nice um, he's a son of authorized, and he clearly got yeah. his turn of foot. Um, and, and definitely a horse to be excited about. You're talking about starting him in, at, in the the bumper at, at Cheltenham. I think that's the one John McConnell won last year, and Cork All Star took back in the day before winning the the champion bumper. I, I think at the top of my head, I'm, I'm thinking that's the one. It could well be, yeah, yeah, it could well be. But that, that's hopefully we start off um, there on the I think it's the twenty the twenty seventh and twenty eighth will 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 be at Cheltenham. So uh, fingers crossed for that. So I'm very confused with the BHA's new rules for the the season because they they were making a big thing last year. Um, Paul Ferguson was on the show this time last year. He's on the show again next week, um, highlighting the fact that the six year olds would be banned from running in in bumpers, um, and then the new the new rules come out it says that but it's a it, it's this isn't very clear essentially even as i'm trying to describe it to you my brain no, feels broken so the big yeah. question i'm asking you here is if he bolts up in that bumper is it irrelevant does he stay in bumpers or is he going to go novice hurdling this season well if he bolted up in that bumper then he'd stay he'd stay in in bumpers i feel um, obviously, I haven't spoken to the to the owners, but that that would be my, like I say, he's he's a he's a big raw horse, and he is, um, you know, he's still very young. He's, I think, I'm pretty sure he's only a four year old. Maybe he's, he's five. five. He is five. Is he? Yeah. Well, I I I, I think, uh, yeah, that, that, that he, he well, unless the BHA don't let him run him any more bumpers, then uh, I I'd, I'd be keeping him to to list the bumpers, you know, or something like that. Okay, but as far as you're aware, you can. As far as I'm aware, we can. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then, if that's above, the could be could be above my pay grade as well. <laughs> no, if, they, if this is the case, then I'm going to have to apologise to a few people on the tweet machine because I was very much of the of the view that oh, these rules are very clear. Six year olds aren't allowed to run. I'm not so sure that that is actually the way it is now. It's just a very very confusing situation. Um, but this horse, very very exciting. Um, yeah. We'll see how he gets on at the showcase meeting if he wins exactly. champion bumper all the way. I would be if they let six year olds run, yeah. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna sit in the fence. If six year olds allowed, if he, if he won, won, won a, uh, at the end of October um, with a penalty, then I'd definitely be hanging on to him for the, for the rest of the season to go back to Cheltenham. He's got the rest of his career ahead of him, you know. Trish, call up Julie Harrington there and get some clarification <laughs> on this rule, will you, please? Get, get her on the phone now. We want her on the line and we want answers. To check the score, who cost 75000 uh, made a winning debut in his bumper at Warwick at the end of April. He's by Mahler. And to my eye, he looks a nice prospect for the new season. Yeah, I love the sire. Um, he's been very good to the sire. He's, they're, they're nothing flash about him. Very straightforward and check the score. Picks all those boxes. Uh, went to Warwick. It's a hard job sometimes for him to come, you know, if after winning a point to point or running point to point, then to come and, and and go and run the bumper. You know, sometimes they 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 they're a bit tired, they're a bit jaded because it's, they, you know they've been hardly they've been hard trained for their point to point. But check the score was a very good buy by Craig Buckingham, who um who who bought him a onesie himself and his wife Laura, and um yeah we went to Warwick because we wanted to give him a run. Uh, we bought two with that sales actually. Um, Nemity was the other one from Midland Park, and you know, Check the Score just trained really well, and they actually both worked very well together. And then Nemity went backwards, and Check the Score went forward. So we decided to run Check the Score at Warwick, and turning in Paddy sort of accepted that he was going to be sort of third or fourth, but uh, got down and gave him a push and gave him a little flick, and uh, he just took off and he galloped very well, ran very well all the way to the line. So very happy with him. He's had a small setback, but he'll be back in training in the next couple of weeks. So we'll probably crack on over hurdles with him, uh, and and see where we go. But yeah, he he's um he, he's exciting to go forward with as well. But he'll he'll start off in novice hurdles, two and a half more novice hurdles or something like that. 
And how has he been schooling? Yeah, he, he, before we turned him away, we schooled him. And he, he's a lovely jumper, very straightforward, yeah, and a lovely horse. And he'll be a lovely chaser. He's, you know, he's 16, 2 or 3 or something like that. So he's, he's a big horse and he'll be a lovely chaser. He's a big boy. Um, a trip for him this season, the, the the bumper win, like he was a 10 to 1 shot that day. It's not that he was completely unfancied, but it did seem to be a pleasant surprise. And, and by the way you're talking as well, it sounded like it was a pleasant surprise that he won. Um, is he an intermediate trip horse this season? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, like I think we like a lot of them. We try and start off over the minimum of two, and then work our way up. But I think he'd probably be one. He'd be an ideal sort of an exit or two, two or something like that, um, uh, or two and a half round a, a, a back to a Warwick or somewhere. You know, I can't see him starting off over two, but we'll see. We'll see how he is closer to the time. Okay, uh, Crambo. We saw him in action at Aintree against Irish Point. Um, that was just a little bit too much for him, but he had been really, really good. Uh, and his two starts prior to that, very impressive at Bangor, and then too good for Inniston at Sandown. And I think that's very, very good form going into the new season. Yeah, the, the, the Sandown form is phenomenal. I think eight, eight or nine winners have come out of that race behind him. Um, like, I, like I was watching that race and I spoke to Connor before the race before and he rides him and Connor was happy. He wanted to get a good start in him, but he wanted to get a good start in him. And in doing so, he ended up sort of making a run and actually been very keen, which he is, and he's, he's so lazy. There was parts of his race at Bangor where I didn't think he was going to win because he was on and off the bridle he just sort of that's just him he's just he's just so laid back his mind is 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 unbelievable he's got a great mind and you know in, in a race like Bangor he, it was all happening a bit easy for him so he's taking it very relaxed uh, he, he, he wouldn't want to have my heart rate go, going on him that's for sure um, but the, yeah, apple, uh, the apple watch nearly exploded off your arm did it? <laughs> it came off my arm um, but anyway he, he he went to then went to Sandown and Connor sort of was keen to get a good start and then get a bit of cover but he just he was you know he was he, he was keen for a long way and I thought well look he'll get to the bottom of the hill there at Sandown now and two or three out and two out I think it is and he'll just that'll be him done you know um, but he didn't to be fair you know Jamie Moore came by him and Connor was happy to let Jamie come by and then go to the last he had another go at him and the thing with Crambo is he just he, he, he doesn't want to get beat he you know, he wants to win he's got that fantastic will to win and he's a lovely horse to train he he is very lazy and um Eve rides him all the time and and looks after him and uh, he, he he frustrates you now at home because you want to show people this lovely Crambo who's a, you know the apple of, of your eye and, and he just comes up to gallop and you think well I could run up there faster myself you know just show yourself off a little bit you know um um but yeah no I I I, I Look, maybe I'm dreaming. I got my head in the towel, but I genuinely think he could be a graded horse. I think we were we were running with Newbury in in the Grade One, and just never happened for him there. And then we went to Aintree after Sandown, and and I just thought he was really unlucky. I thought I thought he lost his position down the back the la- after the last down the back, just at the wrong time, and got shuffled back a bit. And and then that coincided with turning for home, and he nearly got brought down by Rachel Blackmore's horse at the at the first in the straight. Uh, but he still managed to run on. You know, he still. I know he was, he was beating ten or twelve lengths or something like that. But you know, without if he hadn't if he hadn't got shuffled back, he wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have got impeded. And I genuinely think he would have been in the first four. Now everyone I speak to about it thinks I'm absolutely bonkers, and he finished where he finished. But you know, that that's my opinion of him. And look, he, he'll start off. He'll probably start him off at Aintree at the end of October over two and a half because he, he he'll need to run. He's, he can be a bit free even though he's lazy at home. He could be a bit free first time out. And then he'll go to Haydock for the for the, for a good handicap at Haydock, the three mile handicap at Haydock. I don't think I'd want to go there without a run. Um I think, you know, he he need to go there uh you need to go there with a run under your belt. Um just so you'll be able to recover from the race a bit better afterwards, you know. Um but that that's for, that's his plan at the minute. And then We'll just we'll we'll take stock after that. Um, if he you know if he didn't win that and, and ran well, then we'd probably go down the Pretemps route. But if he won that Haydock race, then I just think you know he's got to be a graded horse, and then we'd have to see where we go from there. You know. Well, Connor was at pains to tell the stewards that he he felt that his horse was badly impeded by the faller at, at Aintree. Um and uh, just looking at him yesterday to refresh my memory before doing this interview with you, um, I. I I think going into the new season, people will look at the fact that oh, he's ran twice in Grade Ones and it hasn't happened for him, yeah. so he's 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 not going to be at that level. Um, six horses were pulled up in that cello hurdle like that. That ground was horrendous that day. Yeah, and the only one who really handled it was Hermes Alain, who absolutely bolted up. Everything else. Yeah. Uh, talking to David yesterday, and and oh, terrible news that ter- Thomas Moore is going to be out for the season, which is a real shame. 
because um, he was set to, to have a, a big impact for him. But novice chasing next year uh, yeah. has got all, all going well. But um, I, I think there are very credible excuses for both of those defeats in Grade One company. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah, and I like it. That's look. Maybe I'm dreaming, and and, and but look, we we got such a backup that that you know the the premise wouldn't be the worst route in the world, and mm. and and the route we're taking as well. Hopefully, you know, he's you know he if if he if he goes to Hayden and runs well, okay, he'll go up the handicap, but it's a massive pot, so that's the sort of route we're taking, and 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 we'll 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 look after Hayden, you know. Okay, so we're gonna know early in the season what the plan is if he if he does really well at Haydock first time up, then yeah. we're headed to the graded races. If he doesn't, uh, is it going to be a case of, now, Paddy, you just got to finish fourth in this pretense qualifier, mate. That's all you... That Charles Burns, Tony Martin special, get him up for fourth. It won't be Paddy, it'll be Connor Brace. But, um, yeah, look, if he didn't, if he, if he, did, if he were going to go down uh, the, 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 the potential, you know, he'd probably go to... Um, Warwick uh, in January, uh, and, uh, and and you know he'll be running his race and, and see where we go, you know. But um, yeah, that's that's the route we'd be going, I think. Okay, very interested to see what Crambo can do this season. A quick moment to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, Venator Racing Social. They're the name to trust when thinking of attending horse racing abroad. The aim at Venator Racing Social is to make the world of horse racing more accessible, giving you access to horse racing holidays all over the world, ranging from the prestigious, world-renowned festivals to the more unique but equally exciting race courses across the globe. At Venator Racing Social, they pride themselves on offering a bespoke service to all their clients, guaranteeing each and every customer an unforgettable horse racing experience with that personal touch. The team of dedicated racing and travel professionals have traveled the world attending race meetings and sporting events, endeavoring to bring their knowledge and experience to every package, thus giving you the peace of mind that you'll be looked after at every step of the way, along with having access to the best restaurants and hospitality at each racecourse. Venator's huge range of horse racing holidays will capture the imagination of racecores, syndicate members, and owners groups alike. So if you're thinking about attending the Dublin Racing Festival, the Cheltenham Festival, the Punchestown Festival, or the Dubai World Cup, whether you're looking for five-star luxury or a more affordable trip, Venator have got options for everyone. Book your trip now at Venator, V-E-N-A-T-O-U-R.co.uk. Tell them. The final Furlong podcast sent you. Speaking yeah. of uh, Dysodinos, her obviously stable companion, uh, Politicus. Yeah, Politicus. Politicus. Well, why didn't I just say Politicus? That would have made far more sense, wouldn't it? <laughs> I had to go and I had to go and complicate it in my mind. Um, <laughs> so she was behind Queen's Gamble uh, when that horse absolutely bolted up in the yeah. the Cheltenham race, um, and took on her stable companion at uh, Aintree, ran respectably there, was fourth, and uh, a huge day for you to have the first and fourth in such a prestigious race at Aintree, uh, but had looked really, really good at Ascot before that. Yeah, and look, it was, I thought it was a great run at Aintree, and but great for uh, her owner, Jim Collins, who's, who I started training pointers for, so he's been a, we talk about long-suffering owners. He's been one of the longest-suffering owners that I've had. And um, but great man, you know, knows his horses inside out, loves his horses. Um, and uh, yeah, look, we need the ground not to be um, going to go and walk Warwick later on, actually, because I just wouldn't want to risk on quick ground, and I just I've got a feeling that Warwick could be quick quicker than we wanted. So um, yeah, so fingers crossed. I, I loved her run. I think she, she was up in the van the whole way. Liam sets great, great fractions. And again, I thought, you know, when they turned in, she had every right for everything to come around her and, and swallow her up. But she never gave up, and she battled all the way to the line and, and was was a very good fort. And we were delighted with her. She had a lot of nice horses behind her that day. And uh, you know, uh, physically, she's done really, really well in the summer. She probably actually done better than Dysart, to be fair. Um, wow. And and uh, she went away to to Chloe Fitzgerald, uh, who's the wife of Mick Fitzgerald. She went she went away there and did a bit of uh, pre training and and learned to jump. Chloe is a, a very good event rider, and um, yeah, so she came back. She knows she knows how to get from A to B, and we're very pleased with her. So look, looking forward to getting around the track and, and getting around and see where we are. And uh, fingers crossed. And obviously, with the plan to run her uh, at Warwick, that could be today. Is this podcast coming out today? Yes, indeed. So Thursday it comes out. Um, you obviously do want to get a run into her pretty early. 
Yeah, we do. She's ready to run, so we, you know we want to get on and get them. You know, got, I got another one in the race, in the race called Fortune Forever. We was placing some bumpers last year, and you know this time of year, if the ground is safe and your horse is ready, you just want to get on and get them running. You know, and then you make a plan after this race. You know, so um, yeah, it, it's it's she's she's in good form herself. She's been working very well. We're very happy with her. Just wouldn't want the ground to be too quick for her. And presumably, you're hoping she can make up into a mare's novice hurdle candidate as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that that would be the hope but like I said we'll, we'll know more after she has her first couple of runs in, in, in novice hurdles uh, On to school days over no wins last year but ran very very well including hitting the frame in a listed bumper on uh, on his comeback Yeah look lovely horse but so it was very hit and miss last year and, and yeah just don't really know why uh, we could never really get to the bottom of his bad runs he, like you said he had some cracking runs um, uh, and Cheltenham being one of them uh, and then you know probably didn't like the ground the next time he went back to Cheltenham um, uh, so he was second to Cheltenham and, and then we went to Huntington where he was third then we went back to Cheltenham uh, uh, in January and it was bottomless there uh, it didn't happen for him so we gave him a bit of time he went to Doncaster and just got beat and um, at Doncaster which probably wasn't the worst thing in the world because he's now still a, a novice in the maiden hurling this year uh, market raising again just felt a bit flat when we thought he would go very close. So um, he he'll start off. Actually, we got him in at um, Huntington next uh, Tuesday, so hopefully he'll start off there. He's been training very well, and we're very happy with him. Oh, nice! Um, good to see him out early as well. Um, yeah, Young Buster is a horse I'm very very intrigued by. Uh, winner of uh, one of of his four starts over hurdles, jumped really well though uh, in that race, and then. Uh, put his best foot forward on his chasing debut in May at Warwick when he was a really good winner and looked like a horse who will excel in that discipline. Yeah, we all, I, I went, uh, the, the man who owns, the people who own Young Buster, actually, the, uh, the three of them that, that are, are all work colleagues, but a father and son, they live up uh, near Liverpool. They're from Liverpool, work in Manchester. So I thought I'd be brave and uh, go to um, go, go to, to Aintree first time out. And, and he, he was running really well for for a long way, and then um, he just sort of caught out, and was really I don't know really more really sure what what went wrong, but we we brought him back. He was disappointed long and short. He was disappointed because I couldn't see him being out of the first three the way he was working, and uh, we put him away. Uh, we got we we did a wind off on him. Uh, he had a little bit of a break as the weather went bad, and then he came and went. I think he won first time off for his back over hurdles again, at Foss Lass. Um, that was a very good run. And that led us then on to, um, uh, we went to, up to air. And nothing really happened for him at air. He didn't jump great. Just just the whole day didn't happen really for him. I don't know why. We took two up there for that day, and, and, and neither of them ran to their true form, I don't think. So we just put a line through that. Uh, we brought him back. It was schooling more offences. And I definitely think it's, he's one of those that, that wants uh, nice ground. We were hoping to start him off at, at Chepstow, um, that's where we hope to go. That'll be ground dependent because if it's nice ground, it's a novice handicap chase. I'm sure Paul will have Paul Nichols will have a, a 140, 150 horse. We're rated 118, so um, that would put it out of the handicap. But you know, we're definitely going down the chasing route, and you know, long term, hopefully he'll make up into a lovely staying chaser. Yeah, he certainly looked like it that day at Warwick. He travelled really well. Um, yeah, you, you had him. Paddy had him up in the van the whole way through, but. Uh, despite there was just one mistake at the last the whole way around and, and that was basically yeah it was and I think yeah he'd been there long enough I think he'd been in front for a while from then um, but yeah look he, he he's very straightforward he's a lovely horse very supportive owners and um, you know they're very straightforward they'll go wherever wherever's best for the horse and uh, has the wind up cleared everything up for him we think so yeah yeah well, hopefully we, we did his palette last year and uh, hopefully yeah, he seems absolutely fine Okay. Um, Shy Love. Ash Simmons was talking about this horse on the, the tweet machine uh, the other day. Half-brother to Willie Mullins, Brandy Love. I have to emphasize Willie Mullins, Brandy Love, so that no one's Googling the wrong Brandy Love, because that'll get you in a bit of trouble if you're using your work computer. Um, yeah. But half-brother to a grade one winner. Um, finished third on his point-to-point debut. Uh, a number of the horses in and around him have all been uh, acquired by various different exceptionally talented trainers uh, and you, an exceptionally talented trainer have got your hands on this one, Shy Love um, apparently uh, schooled as a very good jumper, quotation marks according to Ash 
Yeah, no, he 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 schooled very well there one day. He wasn't actually meant to school and ended up. I got I, I put him in the middle of the schoolers and so we thought we'd just drive on and school him and he, he jumped well. He, look, he'll start off in bumpers and and then we'll just see what road that takes us. Um, uh, and again, we've got to find out the age limit as well for some of these horses. So, but uh, yeah, um, it, look, he he he's he's a lovely horse and uh, very straightforward. Um, works very well. And uh, yeah, we're we're really pleasing. But like I say, he he'd be one. You know, he's five now. He'd be one if we if 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 he went and ran well in his first bumper, then we'd be looking. You know, because we're trying to build a career, not just uh, uh, you know a season or two seasons. So, you know, he's only five. So ideally, we'd we'd run him in 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 a couple of bumpers this year, and and you'd like to try and end up at Aintree or Cheltenham, uh, one of those bumpers next year. You know, um, he's only had one run in his life, so we don't want to be doing loads with him this season so hopefully that's the plan and we'll, we'll, we'll see how we go Is he showing you the right signs at home? Oh definitely yeah yeah lovely lovely horse and you know if you had a yard full of shy loves he wouldn't be doing too far away and you know he, he wouldn't look out of place in any in, a, in anyone's yard So as you're talking about building for the future with a horse like that when you have a horse like this that is showing you plenty of class at home and you're obviously you and your team are getting quite excited how difficult is it to resist the temptation to go hard with them now and try and try and um, excel with them early in their careers when in the back of your mind you're thinking, no, no, this fella could be very, very good and we need to look after him for a novice chasing campaign in a year and a half's time. Yeah, look, and we're very lucky. You, 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 that, is, that is the temptation, and, and but you, you have the right owners who, who you know are just are, are about, like I said, you know, I think our, 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 our one ethos is that we're trying to build a career rather than a season, yeah. uh, and, and, and that's what we work off. And, you know, Shiloh is 16 too, um, and he'll, you'd imagine he'll make up into a lovely chaser, yeah. And, and you know, how we get there is, is, is down to him, really, and we try and let the horses tell us, you know, although we train a lot of horses, you know, you, you have to let the horses tell us, you know, I could, you know, we, we probably come on and speak about Oak Grove in a minute, but, you know, Oak Grove works as, as well as anything up our gallop at the minute and the, the easiest thing in the world would be to just drive on and run him you know I could run him in a bumper tomorrow but it wouldn't be the right thing for a, a four-year-old who's had two runs in point to points to, to do so you know we just you got to take your time and you got to stop and start with him a little bit and um that's what we do with him yeah so fingers crossed i was going to save him till the end but we may as well jump into him now he's a soldier of fortune and yeah. he cost two hundred and fifty thousand of the king's finest sovereigns now fergal uh Seeing as you listened to the final furlong and you've been interviewed by me a number of times, you now know already that I immediately think, and I was watching the sales yesterday, the telestalls. By the way, you can watch Flog It, you can watch um, all those other shows. None of those auctioneers on the telly are anywhere near as good as the, as the telestalls auctioneers. They are on no, the. There was a horse yesterday where they, they began the bidding. We want five, five, four, four, three. They get it down to 100. They managed to get it all the way up to 280, and it was purely. Th- I can see you in the back there. I can see you in the back with the hat. Yeah. You're hard to see. You're hard to see, and you're going to lose this one. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, but the point I'm, I'm making here is that any time a horse costs an enormous amount of money, immediately my gut instinct is, oh, that's going to be a superstar. That's going to be a machine. Is Oak Grove going to be a machine? He works very well, and, and like people, when we bought him, people said, oh, we see you bought a nice horse, and I, I just kept telling them, we bought an expensive horse, we won't know how nice he is till we run him, you know, uh, and it is a phenomenal amount of money, and, and uh, very lucky to be able to go to the sales and, and, and be able to buy a horse like him, you know, fantastic horse, uh, he's just, I love the sire, um, uh, go to war is, is, is by the same sire who we love, and, you know, Oak Grove, did nothing wrong in his point of points. It, uh, you know, if anything, you know, he's shone in his point of points because for a four-year-old to run twice in those in those races, you know, because he will have been pretty much ready for the for to run for his life the first day. Uh, it didn't happen for him. He was third that day, I think. It is. And then to come out and win again a couple of weeks later, you need to have a, a fairly tough constitution, um, and uh, he seems to have that. He's got a great temperament. Um, Actually, Chris Jaws, who owns him, was down last week, and he hadn't seen him. And he, 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 you know, 
when when I was when I went to the sales and I was trying to get Chris to buy him, I was telling him what he was like, and he was and Chris was just going like, "Oh yeah, I've heard it all before. It's the most beautiful horse you've ever seen, and bloody bloody blah, and floats like a ballerina." And and actually, when he came to see him and he, we we had lunch afterwards, and he said, "You know, I, I can just." He said, "If I was at the sales, I'd have been just like you." You know, he said, "I just love the horse. He's just got a lovely temperament. He's got, he's kind. He's he's got a great mind, um, and he gets on the gallops. And and when you want him to do something, he just switches it on, and he he does it very easily. You know, it's it's a bit what like watching a very good footballer or or any other sportsman, cricketer. You know, they they just everything happens very easy, and it does do without grow. But we'll take our time with him, and uh, we'll look after him again and again. You know, we want to build the future, not a season. Uh, what's your early plans with him? No real early plans, but maybe you know he'll run you know in December time, January. Uh, sorry, November, December time, um, and and we'll find somewhere nice for him to go and and just just plot our way. Really, you know. Uh, there was talk about how good he was at Old Castle. Um, he right. won by a neck. Uh, I think it's Milton Harris and Lucinda Russell, both the runner up and and the third for nice money as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of those horses, I think it's Lucinda's horse, is going to run tomorrow. Um, uh, I'm I'm pretty certain. So the the form will be will be put to the test. But when you acquire a horse like that for that kind of money, does that bring with it? Is there a sense of accomplishment, a sense of joy, or is there a sense of trepidation about that? Well, definitely a sense of joy. You know, to go to the sales and and, and go and and buy a horse like that is is fantastic. And you know, it's it is it's 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 great to be able to compete. And I, I think. Um, John John Neal was under bitter and we very seldom we've gone to the sales and been able to you know, it's not it's not very seldom, it's never happened that we've gone to the sales and spent that amount of money. So it's great to be able to go there, have a horse you like and be able to buy it is is fantastic and definitely no intrepidation. It's just it's 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 exciting and it's 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 joy, yeah. What would you like to achieve with him this season? Like him to win a win a couple of bumpers and and you know if one of them was a a, a graded rate you know a listed graded bumper then that'd be great, um but you know again he's sixteen two and he's 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 about the future. And uh, in the long term, do you see him as more of a chaser or a hurdling prospect? Oh, I definitely see him as a chaser. Yeah, like I say, he's a beautiful, lovely, big, fine, scopy horse. You know, very athletic. So yeah, definitely chasing moves. Okay, um, that is Oak Grove. I'll go to go to war because you you just mentioned him as well, a horse that you really like, um, really good winner at Utoxeter. I'm I'm wondering if this fella did he miss out on point to points because of COVID? Um, because there were none. No, no, he didn't. No, um, uh, Grant Leon, his owner, um, bought him as a store horse, and we just gave him the time that he needed. He was a, he's a fine big horse and look he, he won first time off as a Utoxeter and then the plan was always going to be a, a um was always going to be a Cheltenham or something like that and we just didn't get you know then I think there was an Ascot list race that was abandoned and then there was something then there was another race around Christmas where he wasn't quite right and then we were going somewhere else Newbury sorry about that uh, we're going to Newbury and that's Julie and, Harrington who's going to confirm uh, for you now that six-year-olds can indeed run a bumper system yeah Unfortunately not. Uh, then we were going to go to Newbury and, and they had no water there. So, look, the owners were very patient. And so we went straight to Aintree on the back of one run. You know, he hadn't run in point to points. And he, he was just very unlucky. He followed, Paddy followed one or two horses through that um, sort of ended up coming back at him. And then by the time he, he got out and got running, the race was over. He finished seventh, I think, um, or eighth, not, not beating, you know, not beating a, a, a million miles. Um, so we love him. He, he's an absolute demon over a jump so we're, we're very excited about getting him going i think he probably starts off at either um probably talks to her in about two and a half three weeks time he looked like he was doing all his best work late on at Aintree, and as yeah. you say not only was that his second start it was also quite a bit of time uh that he was off the track was it 169 days according to the racing yeah. post um and yeah. even on on his debut like, he traveled widest of all that day and and still won really impressively like he he looks like a very very exciting horse for the new season he is yeah and he's again he's got a great mind but he's you know he's one uh unlike check the score he'd be one that we would be starting off over two miles you know he's he's got a, a great bit of boot about him and uh yeah he, he's like i think he, i'm just i'm having a quick look there now he was only beaten in uh seven and a quarter length so you know he wasn't beaten a million miles considering where he got to come from so and his lack of experience so very happy with him and, and and he's been training really well as well 
Okay, you sound excited about him. He's definitely in yeah. the tracker and definitely a horse we're going to be looking forward to seeing um, throughout the, the season. Uh, poetic Music, the Mare's Hurdle at the Cheltenham Festival didn't really play to her strengths that day. She was a wild outsider, to be fair, um, but did end her campaign with a win at Perth. Yeah, again, it was one that we've definitely underachieved with, I have to say, um, in the fact that uh, I, I think we've probably been campaigning her slightly over the wrong trip. Um Oh, look, because she's flat bred, and I think we've always sort of kept her that two miles. She won first time off was at Ludlow last year, and then we went to that listed race at Newbury, and the ground was a bit quick, and um, I think uh, Mr. Henderson's horse won it, won it very well, and Skelton's horse was second, and uh, you know it was it was a it was a very tough race. Uh, um, but look, she 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 she's a lovely mare. Um, we went to Foss last night. You know, she looked a winner everywhere. Foss last till about two about a hundred yards from the line, and she just sort of pulled herself up a bit. So we wheeled her out a bit quick, quick, and we sent her to to Carlisle, and she won again at Carlisle. Um, the challenge didn't happen for her. Like I said, she went to Perth, but I I think I think two and a half miles is probably will probably be she'll see will see her better over that trip, and she will go over fences. She's a lovely jumper of a fence, so there's a good mare's campaign. So fingers crossed that she can. Uh, you know, uh, I, I definitely I wouldn't say I was disappointed with her because she won three races, but I definitely think we didn't achieve as much as we could have done with her. Um, and, and hopefully we can rectify that this season over fences. Okay, uh, punctuation six-year-old by Dan Silly out of a Galileo mare uh, again ended ended <laughs> the campaign with a win. Um, this one in handicap company at the Entry Festival, uh, an outsider that day, forty to one shot, but won like a good thing. Yeah, again, look, uh, you go on about good rides, and, and Liam Harrison gave him an exceptional ride at um, at Aintree to win that race because they went very hard in front. But the winner of that race was actually Harry Brennan's ride him at Sandown uh, in um, the Imperial in, Cup. In the, in the Imperial Cup, yeah. He, he travelled into the race really well at Sandown, uh, jumped the second last and got a bump, and sort of then just put him off. And look, at best, he was going to be fourth or fifth. But it's a long slog that last two furlongs at, at Sandown, and Paddy felt like he wasn't. He, there was nothing, not a lot to achieve by slogging it out. So wheeled him out before the last. Came back a fresh horse and was able to go to entry and do what he did. I have no doubt in my mind that if he had finished that race at Sandown, that we would not have won the race at entry. Yeah, that that did seem to be the the key to it. Just looking after him for the next day, um, and he was yeah. unlucky with how things panned out in the Imperial Cup. Yeah, he was. He, like I say, something jumped right across him at the second last and sort of took him off his stride from travelling very... He's gone from travelling very well to sort of, oh, you know, I'm paddling a little bit and, and just having someone like Paddy on him to be able to, to, to be able to get that, you know, have that force, I think there is another day. And Paddy came back straight after the race and said, look, he can go to entry. He'll be fine for entry now. And, and, and that was always the plan. Smart man, Paddy. Uh, he did really well coming from off the pace that day as well for the, the yeah. amateur rider. Um, what's your plans with him for the season? Um, we're actually hoping to start him off at York on the flat um, at the beginning of this month. And if that goes to if that goes to plan, then he'll go to he'll go back to Cheltenham for the great. But he's run twice at Cheltenham. He's won and been third, I think, third or fourth. And uh, um, so he, he actually on Cheltenham. And I think a fast run two miles in the great would would really suit him. Bonsai. We've got a bit of, got a bit of soft, soft ground. Oh, so Great Wood Hurdle to kick off things. Is that, yeah, is that a November meeting in, in Cheltenham? Yeah. yeah, 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 excellent. All right, we can be excited about that. But I think the Moigana Hurdle is on that day as well, so we might be seeing Stateman in Ireland and, and your fellow there. Um, yeah, that's going to be an exciting yeah. one to, to see how that goes. Uh, Bontanay. There, there probably won't be many more times you'll mention Stateman and, and punctuation <laughs> in the same sentence, by the way, but... <laughs> You can cut that bit out. <laughs> um, well, I mentioned, yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll go even further. Um, Impere Pass, uh, I'm pretty oh, sure okay. what they're going to do with him is take him to the Ascot race uh, that right. Faheen ran in back in back in the day. I'm sure that's where, and, and Andy Power, I think that's where he's going to start off. Uh, so Stateman can continue in the in the other. So now we're going to mention two Willie Mullen superstars with yeah. punctuation. Let's go for that, shall we? Um <laughs> Bontanay, really good winner of the Mare's Handicap Hurdle um, uh, on her last start. Very consistent Mare uh, and a very likeable one too. Yeah, I love Bonte. I, I actually own half share with lovely man Cedric Brooks and uh, she's been fantastic for us. I think she's five from seven or something for us. Incredible, you know, and the others, she's been, been second, I think she's been second on her other three. Or, you know, she's probably five from eight. I think she was 
for second on a lot of three runs for us. Yeah, and like once once we got a, a, a you know once the handicapper gave her a nice mark, um, we were always going to bypass what Cheltenham, although the owner didn't, Cedric, the other half owner didn't want, but he wanted, sort of wanted to go to Cheltenham, but it was a huge pot of Kelsey, it was a 50 grand race at Kelso, uh, and she got qualified, at, uh, she was qualified at um, market raising, and then once once that was that, and she got a market 115 or something like that, then we were, you know, Kelso was the obvious one for, for a big, big pot, so, um, but yeah, she'll start off in handicaps, and she loves Cheltenham, so we'll end up going, yeah, she was second to Queen's Gamble, uh, last year in 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 the listed bumper, um, so but she'll start off at Cheltenham at the October meeting, I think, in a, in a two mile or two and a half mile hurdle. So we'll see where she goes from there. And Ollie Murphy's horse who beat her at Market Raisin looks a really nice prospect for the season as well. So there was there was nothing wrong with that. But that performance at Kelso was that was exciting. Um, yeah, it was, and, and yeah, and she's very she's a lovely mare. She's very straightforward. She she's got her own little quirks about her, but um, um, yeah, she, she you know I, I think I think um, yeah, Ollie's Ollie's horse is, is you know is, is a one twenty twenty five or one thirty rated horse. So I don't think we were disgraced that day, and uh, yeah, so very pleased with her. Couple of old favourites to ask you about before we wrap up. I say old. He's only seven, but he is a five time winner for you. Pull again, green. Yeah, pull again green was um was a really, really good hurdler for us and, and last year, yeah, we've all got a different opinion about pull again green, but probably, you know, we overfaced him going to Cheltenham on, on his first two starts over fences and uh it just never happened for him and the whole season was a bit of a bit of a write off. But um he had a bit of a break and he came back this this, this season and uh he had a lovely run around the Toxeter and then won very nicely at Bangor and um he's in a Kelso uh uh, later on this this month, and he's also in a Chepstow. Um, I think good grounds is crucial team. Uh, nice ground is crucial team, and you know we'll try and plot our way. He's a confidence horse, so we'd love to go from the race of Bangor to go to a, a sort of smaller race. You know, Chepstow could be very deep in 12, 14 runners, and, and I think he'd be better if we could just keep him to a smaller field for a minute and let him build his confidence. And then, yeah, I, th- I think he's definitely got the ability. Um, we just got to eat that out of him, you know. Um, when you're reading the Racing Post signposts and you're seeing horses for courses, Captain Catastock leaps out. He absolutely loves Cheltenham. Uh, he's the horse you took to Listowel. Um, he's just a lovable, lovable horse. What's the plan with him? Yeah, look, everyone told me he wouldn't handle a stole and I just batted on and didn't listen to him and he didn't handle a stole. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, uh, look, he, he wouldn't, he'd have hated the ground, but. The, the fact is, if it, if, it, if it was his ground, if it was good ground list, list all, he would have pulled up probably a fence sooner than he did um, because it would have gone even quicker. So um, the fact that it was slower ground, it went a bit steadier for him, you could stay in the race a little bit longer. But yeah, so uh, I was definitely got that one wrong. Um, but yeah, he just loves Chelsea and he's also a veteran chaser. So and we, we still look at the Edinburgh last year. He, he won that two years ago. He was second in it last year. Um, so that's one we'd, we'd, we'd revisit. You know, he, he, he loves the track and he likes, he likes that good ground. So again, um, we, you know, but any any long distance chase, we 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 need to be looking at that, and you know, three miles plus is what he is, and he's been a great servant for us. Um, you know, when we first bought him, and we bought him for a amateur in the yard, I'll I'll be tough, and he won a couple of races on him. Uh, he won the four mile at Cheltenham, which was massive because the family are local. Uh, and then my my sponsor, Brisbet, they, they, Nick Brereton, he bought him, and uh, he he's been phenomenal for Nick as well. So um, he's been a good servant to the yard, like you say. He's been a terrific servant, um, and he's a really lovable, likable horse, as is Paint the Dream. And if Captain Cadenstock loves Cheltenham, well, he absolutely loves Newbury. He does paint the dream, does love Newbury. He, he again, unfortunately, is probably out for the season. He's, he's, he hurt the bat leg last year. He got a he got a cut and got some lymphangitis, and he's actually still at home with David Braces, so Oof. I doubt we'll see him this season. Oh, that's a real shame, because he's such a likable horse. You'd really like to see him back in action. Um, yeah. Anything that we, we've been in depth here, but anything that we haven't mentioned that we should have? I don't think so. We mentioned Oak Grove, and we've got a couple of nice bumper horses like um, uh, Ryan's Rockets, uh, um, uh, Heart Overheads. You know, we've got some lovely young horses as well that we haven't run yet, so we're looking forward to them. We bought some lovely store horses at the Derby sale, so again, they're, they're not this year's, but they're next year, so hopefully we'll be talking about them this time next year. Please, God, hopefully. We'll book it in. Uh, 4th of October, 2024. Um, yes. You can book it in. We'll do it all again. Uh, An hour you like, you'll never get back. 
<laughs> sorry, but not sorry at the same time. Um, what is the plan with Ryan's Rocket? One hundred and ten thousand pound purchase and uh, son of Jetaway. Uh, he'll head head off to a bumper um, pretty soon. We got him in a chat still, and so we'll, we'll look at something like that. And fingers crossed, yeah, good syndicate. So uh, looking forward to getting him out on the track. Yeah, Noel Feely Racing Syndicate. I'm a big fan of Noel's. He was a terrific jockey, yeah. and he's a really, really sound guy as well. He's got a, a yeah, great fantastic. mind for the game. Yeah, yeah. Very likable yeah. man. Um, of all the young talent that we've talked about, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Who's the horse you're most excited about taking, taking the wraps off? Um, of the younger ones, I suppose, you know, apart from Dysart, will be the, the likes of, you know, Shy Love and Oak Grove. You know, they, they'll be the ones in, and Ryan's Rocket uh, um, and Heart Overhead. You know, there's some lovely horses there and we can't wait to get them out on the track. It'd be hard for me to pick one because I'll upset someone. <laughs> so See, that's, I'm not gonna... that's the tricky thing. <laughs> if, if I ask Aidan O'Brien that question, he can give an answer because it's all the same. They're, they're all they're all on the same ones. Exactly. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's all the Coolmore boys. It's not like Derek Smith is going. You didn't mention my horse the other day on the yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, so no, there's some lovely youngsters there, and we're looking forward to a good season. It's like the Father Ted line at the beauty pageant. Of course. They all have lovely bottoms. Fergal, I really enjoyed it. Huge thank you for the amount of time you've given us today and for your insight and the very, very best of luck to you for the new season. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Some gold information for our trackers and hopefully a boatload of winners to get us on the gravy train this jump season. If you liked this episode, and I hope you did, a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform would be much appreciated. It'll only take 60 seconds of your time not even that, but it's a huge help to us with the algorithm. And as a proud member of the Final Furlong Podcast Army, likes and shares on social media are very much appreciated. In fact, share this episode in your WhatsApp and Facebook groups. All of them. Even if that means that your uncle, who has become obsessed with every conspiracy theory under the sun, is then sending you endless messages. You can always just mute him. We're back with more great content very, very soon on the Final Furlong Podcast. Until then, look after yourself and each other. God bless.